the JG3 Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Road to Optimal Self podcast. I am joined this week by my daughter herself, Miss Kylie Taylor. Hi. Wait, is it it's is it Taylor still? Yeah. Yes. I thought you I thought you legally had to change to Walker, but it was going to be, but it was like a really long process, and it was I was in the middle of school and volleyball, so I didn't do it. Anyway, spoiler alert: she's not my daughter. Second spoiler alert, so we can get this out of the way. I'm an amateur. I forgot my fucking video camera, so Lucky luckily <laughs> you guys don't have to stare at Kylie's face the my rest mug. of the day. <laughs> anyway, um, you started the gym. 2015. Was it 2015? I couldn't drive yet. My I, mom, I know that. My mom drugged my ass out of bed I, in the morning. I know. Because <laughs> uh, I was going to say, you started with your mom. Which was not okay. <laughs> Oh my God, you guys used to crack us up. <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll tell you my first Kylie memory, and then you can say what you remember of the gym. <laughs> my first Kylie member, memory was, because we used to have open classes on Sunday. We didn't have the gym closed or open gym like we do now. Uh, it was actually open. And I don't remember if Debbie was coaching or if I was supposed to be, but I was actually cleaning the gym and I was like <laughs> rearranging the gym. And you, I know what you're going to say. And you and your mom were, good, were doing this like five rounds. It was on the rower, and I can just remember she was standing right next to me, bitch. No, she wasn't, but, but you guys were like, she was talking about what round you were on, and you're like, bitch, we're on this round. And I'm like, the whole time I'm like, the mom's actually right, but you're like so, you're like this angry little 15-year-old kid just like throwing a temper tantrum, like, we're mm-hmm. on this round, mom. Yeah, I was pissed. And, uh. And Alicia just looked at me and she's like, how do you deal with this shit? And I'm like, she's your fucking kid. Like, I don't know. And how she I was new that. too. So she you guys were like, what the fuck? Yeah, we're, I mean, I think you guys have been coming for like, it was a very short time though. It was not, mm-hmm. it was maybe a week or two. And yeah. I was like, I remember telling Debbie on the way home, I'm like, you know, most people would hear this story and they'd be like, oh my God, these aren't our type of people. Mm-hmm. We get in the car, I'm like, these are my type of motherfuckers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's going to work out well. But uh, that was my first memory of young bitchy Kylie. Yeah. She wanted, I'm like better now. I'm a little nicer, I think. <laughs> you, do, you have got a little bit nicer. Ask my family. They would tell you I'm, I'm nicer. I don't know that. But my first memory was just, it was that. And then it was like, I think it was like a Saturday class. And you know how you like pick on everybody a little bit. And then you picked on, yeah, you do. Because that's how we start out on Saturdays. (laughs) That's especially how we started out on Saturdays. And you got to me and I was just being quiet, doing my stretches for once. And I just was like, not today. (laughs) I like, I gave you that shit right back. And you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) And that was... I love the playing field then. So. Yeah, um, I do have a unique style of coaching, I guess. I think it helps you like open up to people, though. Like it helped me open up to you. Yeah, I think that a very underrated part of coaching is that rapport building, where you you have to have a level of trust, right? If I'm going to ask you to do a workout like we just did today, you know. There has to be a level of trust that you believe I would do it myself. Mm -hmm. And I know the coaches that I struggled with 
in high school, I struggled with in college, I've struggled with through my whole career, were the lazy pieces of shit that just stood there dictating to you, <laughs> this is what the fuck you're going to do. So I just like to start right off the bat going, all right, this is going to be an open relationship of me fucking with you, but I expect you to give it back. Mm -hmm. And if you don't give it back, you're probably going to hate this place. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was yeah. always very important to me. But God damn, did I open up a can of worms with yeah, you. Yeah, that was Holy bad. shit. You I had no like, idea. Because I was the youngest one. I've always been the youngest one. And so everyone was kind of like taken back by it. Yeah. Nine more. We got uh, that 12-year-old kid just worked out with us. So. I know. Now there's kids everywhere. Yeah. But I'm old now, so yeah. it's okay. How old are you now? 21. Are you 21 now? <laughs> I'm going to be 22 in February. Holy yeah. shit. And you share... Uh, I always remember your birthday because it's the same as Joe's. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that's going to be one that I probably never forget. Uh, even though it's probably not the greatest situation yeah. for you. Because now every day, I like, on that day, I wake up, I'm like, ah, fuck. And then I go, oh, I no, got to text my daughter real quick. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those moments. But when did um, – I remember what was weird is Alicia kind of came and went mm -hmm. there for a while. And it wasn't that she, did, she stopped supporting us or anything like that because she always made sure you were coming mm -hmm. and I always stayed in touch with her I always stayed in touch with Aaron oh, it yeah, was just their their style of working out at times like she goes in in various modes like right now she's really into what we do yeah she gets but, burnt out that's uh, the thing and I get yeah. it because I can tell you we had a moment like I want to say it was like three weeks ago her and Debbie were doing like our class workout and me and my buddy were doing like a more functional bodybuilding style mm -hmm. workout and we like locked eyes at one point and I'm like looking at her and she's going I wish I was doing that yeah and I looked at her and I'm going I wish I was doing that and well, it was that's like, like Saturdays when you're like what do you guys want to do I'm like oh biceps I was like <laughs> I know you want to do some biceps <laughs> yeah but uh so they kind of went off and did their own thing uh, at other gyms but they always made sure that you I don't know why that was, if it was just they knew I could handle your personality. Well, cause... I think it's, like, more of, like, they saw that I was, like, you were kind of, like, taking me in. Mm -hmm. And it was helping me grow as a person because, like, when I, I was such a bitch. Like, I woke <laughs> oh, up a bitch. I like, I went to bed a bitch. But that, like, I would come home from school and, like, I wouldn't even, like, talk to anybody. Like, I was, and they'd be, like, go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Go. And mm -hmm. then I'd be, like civilized when I got home <laughs> like, I mean nice like uh, you could tell if I didn't go to the gym it was definitely well and you would walk in and I remember one of my previous coaches that I won't name would text me because you used to go to a morning class here or there and oh, when I yeah. wasn't there I would get texts like you can't tell uh you got to tell her she can't come to my my class oh, and, I I remember that. and I literally was like a it's my fucking gym mm -hmm. and b that's my daughter you're talking about, <laughs> and I don't have any issues, so this is a coaching issue. This is not a personnel issue. Yeah. And uh, he would get real mad at me every time I said that. I didn't know that. I, I remember the one time because I was a little bitch, and I was, like, kind I of made rude. You, I, did I make was you rude to a girl, yeah. and I do really regret that because mm. that was shitty of me. And that's the only time I knew about it, though. But other than that, like, I kept to myself. Like, mm -hmm. I would say something if it bothered me about, mm -hmm. like, coaching or, like, the workout. But other than that, like, I think I was fine. <laughs> well, I think the issue was um, when we were training for, I don't remember what competition, but when you were in training for something, I treated you as 
an elite athlete. Like mm-hmm. I never let you slack. So there were times I'm like, bitch, meet me at the gym at, you know, we had a 6 a.m. class and I'd be like, you're meeting me at the gym at 520. Oh, we're, doing, yeah. we're doing rowing intervals. So that pe- was bad. So people would show up and the lights are already on and they see my truck and they're, you know, that wasn't uncommon, Mm-mm. but then they see you in there and it was like, what's, what's going on here? And I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, if you don't want to train hard, don't ask. Um, like. everybody, and in saying that, to those listening to this podcast, anybody that would reach out to me is getting that same treatment. Yeah. It was not like I gave you no, that No, I treatment. asked. Yeah, like, and, I wanted to keep going. Like, I wanted more. Uh, the thing that people need to realize is, uh, it's funny, I'm going to kind of get off track to say this, but my, my actual employee today walks into my office. And I was looking tired. I don't know. I mean, went to the game last night with mm-hmm. Trenton, got home late, didn't sleep that well came in, did this workout at lunch, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like doing one of these droopy head things. And she goes, you know, you're getting kind of old. I bet you in six months I can be fitter than you. And I just- Fitter? You hate that word. I just literally, I looked it up at her and I go, define fitter. I remember. And and she's like, like, I bet you I could outrun you in six months. And I'm like, are you talking distance? Are you talking speed? What are you talking about? And, uh, then I start describing what I do, and she's like, oh, I, I opened up Pandora's box. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Here's the thing. I'm not one that sits there and beats my chest out and tells everybody this is what I do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But if you pay attention to the details, you can tell I work my ass off. Yeah. You hit a point and where me and you stopped being the bitchy young kid at the gym to my daughter was mm-hmm. when you went, I want... I want that. Yeah, I want to do better. I want to do better because, you know, I'm real big on body language. We finish a workout. I'm the one that pops right up. I'm fist bumping people. I'm not letting people, even though internally I'm going, God damn it, I'm going to (laughs) die. Fuck, I'm going to die. I'm walking around going, puffing my chest out going, which one of you motherfuckers is tougher than me? And you picked up on that. I think, yeah, I definitely You picked up on that that body language because, like, I remember one workout I, like, popped up and you were already standing up, like, eyeballing me. I'm like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. okay, we got something here, but... That's when you reached out and you were like, hey, I want to I wanna take it to the next level. Yeah. And when people reach out, I will give you, you'll, you'll regret it, oh, but, yeah. but I'll give you I that extra. I think it makes you so competitive, though. Like, as soon as I did that, I actually started to take, like, accountability for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's when I started to get competitive with the guys. Yeah. And that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's when I picked up their slack. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, let's let's... We're getting way off track here. But anyway, um, your original reason for coming to my gym was volleyball related, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you would be around for a couple months. We train really hard. And then you would go back to volleyball. Mm-hmm. What did you notice? Like, what made you keep coming back after you went to volleyball? Was it you went there and you noticed more pop in your jump or spike or oh my gosh like everything like even uh, okay so my jump my hit like my ability to just move my body Mm -hmm. was just so different like every year like every season like it just got better and better and I just feel like as I grew and was like becoming more mature also like I just um I just kind of dove into it, so it was yeah. like what I wanted to do. I, because at one point, like we were doing the open and we were doing competitions, so I was like, "Shit, I'm gonna be a pro athlete! Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go to the games." Yeah, yeah. But um, I do remember, because um, I always checked up on you when you weren't coming to the gym, and I remember one day 
it's probably still in the top five in terms of coaching moments that mm -hmm. I had. I reached out. I don't know that I actually reached out. I think Alicia just texted me, and mm -hmm. it was a picture. It was a still frame of you spiking, and it literally, the girl's head was, like, at the net. Oh, Your yeah. entire body was over her, oh, and yeah. it looked like you were about to just, like, hammer this ball on her fucking head. And she was like, you've made her a woman competing with kids. Yeah. That's, that's what, and that's what I the picture like showed. The, it was like. I definitely was, like, the biggest girl out there. Like, I wasn't, like, big, like, yeah, yeah, brown, yeah, but, yeah. like, muscular. Like, I think, and I had, like, that confidence from CrossFit and competing, like, yeah. that I took that to the court, too. And it just, I don't know. Like, if I could have started earlier and took it like more serious my freshman year I wish I would have like I wish I would have gotten in like eighth grade <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the hard thing is one of the things I, I've always used you as an example of is um, like this Alex kid that was here earlier you're 12 years old right mm -hmm. most people that age like Trenton is very hyper focused on baseball mm -hmm. um, he's very hyper focused on different different things but it's very hard at that age to understand the commitment and the discipline you need to be great at something. Because right then you're just like, oh, this is just something I like to do. How did it click for you that you actually were like, because you showed up right off the bat. You, I think the first thing you told me is I'm doing this just to get better at volleyball. Yeah. Like, and that's what it was. Like, How did you get that? Like, what made you that focus? Because that's what allowed you your senior year to be that much more dominant, dominant and stronger than other people. Like, can you put into words why you were so mode like because that's something that's not real common with kids nowadays I think for the first time ever I just and I think ugh, it takes a good coach all right yeah. which I'm not trying to kiss your ass or anything <laughs> Go ahead, <hold> on. <laughs> speak into the microphone <laughs> but I for once in life like I bought into something mm -hmm. like and I it takes a lot for me to do that because that's not me. Like no, in not. college, when I played volleyball, my coach the first year, like we did not get along. Like I didn't buy into anything. Mm -hmm. My second year, didn't buy into anything. Like I, it was just a whole different world for me. But like, I definitely bought into it and you helped me with that a lot. It was just like, this is your focus. Like this is your ticket mm -hmm. out of here. Like volleyball, like you're gonna go to college for it mm -hmm. and this will help you so much. And it did. And like I could see the progress. Like there's like I watched the videos every night. Like mm -hmm. we reviewed games, and I just I was doing so much better than everyone else. And it was because of the one thing that I was doing that mm -hmm. no one else was doing. Do you remember? Um, I'm gonna give you a, a memory here. Oh boy. And this is when I feel like I bought into you. Like right off the bat, I I, I knew you were motivated. But the time that I saw. That you, like, it wasn't when I officially started calling your daughter, but it was the first time that I was like, this is like a little mini me. Yeah. Okay. So here's a scenario. You're back squatting with Tyler. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you were failing pretty regularly. I don't remember what well, weight it was. Yeah. I don't remember what weight it was, but you were doing like, you look like you were struggling pretty bad at, let's say 125 pounds. I don't remember yeah. the weight, but it was like 125 pounds and you were trying to do three. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I, I walk up and I go, Tyler, I bet you this bitch can't do 10 at 155. You oh, know? And I God. said something like you that. You can't say that And to your me. face just went like instantly and I'm like, got her. Mm -hmm. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's no fucking way 
she's going to make a 30-pound jump. And I'm just using random numbers. I don't mm-hmm. remember the exact number, but <laughs> it was a pretty significant jump. And I'm like, there's no way. She just struggled at three. And I remember at five, you, like, locked eyes with me, and you're like, almost, I remember. you almost were mouthing fuck you yeah. the last five reps and did it easy. I was easy. smiling, and, too. And Tyler's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I have to have an end goal. Like, I have to have something, like, in my mind that's going to be like, I have to beat that. Like, the workout today. Yeah, yeah. It was Emily's workout. And you were like, you got to beat Emily. (laughs) Yeah. And so I watched her the entire time. I paced Mm. myself off of her, and I was just like, okay. I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, But that was the day that I bought into, oh, this this kid can be special. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's when I kind of went, ooh, even in volleyball, she might be special in other ways too. Cause I'm like, there's not a lot of, and I remember it was significant <laughs> enough that I was like, there's not a lot of fucking adults, adult females in this area that are lifting that kind of weight. Yeah. And I was like, Hmm. Let's one, see what we can do. With I'm this. like, I wonder what we can do with this. <laughs> and then, um, and then somebody pulled out of a competition that me and Carrie Miley were doing with Tyler. I don't remember who it was. I don't remember who it was either. But with like, what, three days notice, we threw yeah. you in to an RX competition because yeah. we could not change the I was division. like, whatever, let's go. <laughs> and you couldn't do it. Uh, what movements couldn't you do? Because you oh had pull-ups. You didn't have double-unders. Double-unders. Oh, my gosh. No, I did not have those. That was that took a long time for me to get. Um, what else can I do? I don't think I could do pull-ups yet. I don't think I could string them together yet. I think you could do one. And, I mean, as much as I give him shit, Tyler was also the perfect partner for you. Yeah. Um, the only partner that might have been a little bit better for you would have been, I'm trying to think of who was in the gym back then. Carrie was in the gym a lot. I think she helped a lot. Well, me and Carrie Miley were partners. Oh, yeah. Um, that's why, because I was going to say, one of the two of us would have been mm-hmm. good partners uh, for you as well. But I remember that, that being a bittersweet because it was your first competition. But me and Carrie were also competing at the exact same time right next to you guys. It was like so, a lot of things I sucked at, so too. I it remember. Was, it was kind of, it was hard to be a coach, but that's when I think you became not just my daughter, you became Debbie's daughter. Yeah. Because I remember I was like lifting. Oh, I remember because we were all going <laughs> yeah. at the same time. It was the rowing and it was... Um, no, it was the snatch. It was the overhead, yeah. yeah. It was a and squat snatch. I was, I like completely, like I just, I went to do it and I held the bar wrong. Yeah. Because I was so like nervous and I didn't even do it correctly and I was like, What the hell am I doing? And she's like, Fucking A, Kylie, get your head out of your ass. I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> it yeah. was so bad. I was like, All right, let's do better. <laughs> that yeah. was bad. Oh, I remember pictures from that, looking at them. Like I saw some the other day, I was like, Wow. I was like, Oh my goodness. I was like, just like physically I've changed so much from the years. I was like, I can't believe I was doing that. Right. I was just, it was crazy. It was bad. Yeah. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was, that was one of those moments where I think you were so out of your element. Oh, yeah. But you. I was so nervous. But you, you you're a competitor at heart. Like, you could mm-hmm. tell. Like, even though you were out of your element, there's I this. I was like, shit, I suck at this, but let's do it anyway. Yeah, there's this, um, uh. It's almost like a dis... I don't want to call it for authority, but it's almost like you have a disrespect to people that they're like... You almost feel disrespected. Like, people are looking at you going, you can't do this. Yeah, there was a really, like... 
I know you hate the word fit, but she was like a really fit girl there. (laughs) And she was competing at the same time as this. And I was like, fuck this bitch. (laughs) I hate this bitch. I was like, I can do more weight than her. Obviously, I could not. (laughs) But I hated her. And I was like, I want to do better than her. And that's when I just like really, I was like, we need to take this a little more serious. Yeah. Um, Because I can't be talking all this shit and not show up. (laughs) And that's when... Is, was that the year we signed up and we all went down to Mayhem, or is that was that the following year? I don't remember how quickly that turned. It was out. a couple months later that we went down. Yeah, so you went yeah. from being like having never competed to going to compete on yeah. a very very large stage. And those are some long days in the gym. That was rough. They were very very long days in the gym, and then, um, you know, you end up going down and competing and you realize the long days in the gym are what makes what's a long day for most people was our our normal day yeah like our competitions i've never walked out of a competition going that was harder than i trained yeah and when we i can remember training with the weight vests and i remember just days of you just in front of me with the weight vest on up the hill already i'd just be back there and be like I hate running but then when we went to the competition like we were the first girls to run every single time and I was keeping up with Carrie and I was keeping up with Ashley and I was like damn I was like you know I thought I sucked but look at this I was like well you also had the disadvantage of most of your running was with me and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back but I'm I'm one of those I don't practice running very much. But and, you're just like naturally. But I'm a natural. Like, yeah. I can go out. I'm and over run. here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm <laughs> running bad. like and I'm running like six minute mile paces, and you're like trying to keep up with me, going, "What the fuck?" So you're oh, you're training at and out of anger, I yeah. was trying to keep up with you because I was annoyed yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you were better than me. Um, but so we end up going down. Uh, one of my favorite moments. Don't even bring <laughs> oh, it up. Oh, we're we're going there. Uh, when, so the only reason I'm bringing it up is Debbie. <laughs> Did Debbie tell you to bring it up? No, Debbie, oh didn't, Debbie didn't tell me to bring it up. We were, so the workout, we had won the first workout. You guys had finished second, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going into the second event of the mayhem for mustard seed. Uh, feeling good too. <laughs> feeling good, but it was, uh, 30 each person had to do 30 sumo deadlift high pulls. Was it sumo? Yeah, it was sumo deadlift high pulls. The second one was, was hand cleans. Hand cleans, yeah. Um, so then... you had to do 30, 30 of those, then you had to do a 400-meter run, mm-hmm. and then you had to do 20 hang power cleans, 400-meter run. And if you dropped the bar, there was penalties, right? You had to do mm-hmm. this partner deadlift. Because it was a partner deadlift, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then third person. <laughs> and then the last one was 10 pull-ups. Which, at that point, we had worked really fucking hard to get you to be able to do 10 pull-ups. To do five pull-ups, even, like, I was so bad Yeah, at so anyway, we we end up winning the event by, like, quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, I, like, walk off the floor, and Debbie's <laughs> like, go check on Kylie. And I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with Kylie? She's like, she took a header off the rig. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean she took a header off the rig? It was so bad. So why don't you walk us through, from your perspective, what happened well, we got done with the cleans, rocked that shit, you know. <laughs> and they do the partner deadlift, and I'm the odd man out. So if they stop, I get on the pull-ups, and they broke it. And so I went to my pull-ups. I think I got like eight. 
and I went to do nine. I was hanging there and went to do nine and completely slipped. I couldn't even get on this bar without standing on a box. That's yeah. how high this bar was. <laughs> oh, I, know. I couldn't even jump up there. <laughs> I know. And I fell completely straight on my fucking back. Like yeah. I just looked up at the sky and this the guy that I was doing our reps looks over at me. He's like, "You all right?" I said. Don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> I say you a fucking minute. And I could hear them in the bag doing their deadlifts, and they're like, "Come on, you got it." I was like, "Can I get a shorter bar?" <laughs> like it was bad. It was so like at the like the point that it happened. Like it wasn't embarrassing or anything. Like I was just like, whatever. It like, just hurt. Just, it did it, hurt. It was... I think it hurt more after <laughs> than it did then. I was just like, I can't believe that fucking happened. It was so embarrassing. Not embarrassing anymore, really. It was yeah, just like, really damn. But it was a, if, if someone had caught it on camera, it would have been on It was on camera. Oh, that's right. They were live. We just never, uh, I haven't, I don't have it saved because it was live. I'm glad um, it's not safe. But it would have been from a CrossFit fail video because you yeah. literally. A lot of people actually fell, though. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a bad. Um, like, I thought it was the only person, but there was a couple people because they changed the next workout. Because it wasn't it like RX went first and mm. then modified or whatever went second. No, it was the it was the opposite. Scale went first. Yeah, then but RX then they went. changed the rules. They were like, you don't have to hold onto the bar the whole time for your uh, pull ups because yeah. a couple people fell. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then you went to we ended up making finals. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they fucked my weight up, and I don't you remember that they fu- they messed my weight up when we were doing the. Was it cleans? I was going to talk more about the, you'd never done double unders and you hit 25 unbroken. And that's pretty much what I hear about the weight. (laughs) And then you did. So they won. Did you guys win that or you finished second in the the first final workout? We won that. I think we won that. Um, So you guys won that. We won. So we basically had a victory lap for Mm -hmm. the clean ladder. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, We already knew we won. We could finish last and we were just kind of fucking around. I had a PR, um, and didn't you end up? Oh, yeah, I hit a PR. I, I went from 145 to 165 because they messed up the, the signs on the weights. Yeah. And I'd never done that. And I practiced so, I remember, I have, like, videos of it on my um, my Facebook from way back when. It's of us all just going, like, rounds and rounds of doing all these um, cleans. And it's just, I could never hit that weight. Mm-hmm. And then I finally did it. It was awesome. Yeah, it was fun. It was a surreal moment. It was awesome. um, So we ended up uh, winning uh, that event. That's that's when I actually started calling you daughter because I basically pretended to be... We we pretended to be your parents because you were underage. So we signed your waiver as mom and dad (laughs) even though you weren't our fucking kid. So then pretty much from that point forward, I just called you daughter. Mm -hmm. So we get back and what was... Were you getting ready for your senior? Because you disappeared there for a little bit, right, when you came back, didn't you? Or was it, se- was it volleyball season or what, what? When we went to Tennessee, I thought that was, was it in the summer? No, it was in like April. Oh, yeah, it was after the opener and like something like that. Yeah. I think I just, I took some time off. You told mm-hmm. everyone like you have to take some time off. Yeah, because we were all pretty well. And I think that, you know, I just kind of like, I fell off for a little bit. I was burnt out because, like, I was, like, just coming off of this really high, high. Mm -hmm. And I just, I couldn't keep up with it. Like, my body couldn't keep up with it. Like, I needed a break. Mm -hmm. Like, I 
was able to achieve my goal, but I wanted to keep going, and my body was like, no, like, you need to relax, you need to take one for the team, like, you got this, like, mm -hmm. you need to give yourself a break, and I, I took a break, and, but, like, I, I didn't realize how burnout I was, I was just so focused on doing what was best for the team, and wanting to be as good as I could be for them, and mm -hmm. it well, hit I, me hard. I, I think that's what people don't realize, is when you're on a team, or you're, Your, you work out at this place specifically. I don't. Everybody's a member of a team, even when you're mm -hmm. not competing. Like when you step on the floor here, uh, it, you just have a different vibe. You got a very loud and obnoxious crew screaming mm -hmm. for you. It, it's it takes its mental toll on you. I remember um, me and Carrie doing an event. You ended up going because you were at college, but we ended up doing yeah. the first event after Joe had caught, um, got diagnosed with cancer. And it was the emotional toll of everything that goes on with it. It's like you don't realize how much it beats up your body. Well, that's the thing, like with this gym, like I've never felt such like a family experience anywhere else. Like even in college playing volleyball, like if there's nothing that could compare to this. And that's another reason like why the competition like beat the hell out of everybody so bad because they would like you personally would beat the hell out of yourself for your teammates and mm. you didn't realize it until it's over and it's just such a well, toll and you're you're staring at i mean you would always see joe in that crouch down thing yeah. yelling at you and you're like you know, you'd be like, don't you dare put it down. It's like, <laughs> motherfucker, I want to. Yeah. But you, oh, you, when you, he no-repped me. <laughs> yeah, but you just, uh, you, you wouldn't, you would never, you're going to give your all, no matter mm -hmm. what. For, and if not for yourself and for everybody else, so that's always how it was. So it became very... Personal. Yeah, it's personal and it takes a, a very long toll. But we had been going, and you specifically had been going when I told you to take some time off. I mean, we basically trained for like two straight solid years mm -hmm. as hard as fucking possible so it was like hey let's reset the body let's reset the goals and i didn't um, understand that because like i had issues with myself mm -hmm. and like i couldn't take time off because like mentally like i had like some body image issues and i was like i can't i, I remember i can't take time off like mm -hmm. oh my gosh like i'm gonna lose all my muscle if mm -hmm. i take a day off from the gym and I think that's, like, once I took a couple of days off and then it just escalated to weeks and to mm. a month. And that's kind of when I disappeared. And <sighs> yeah. things are better now. <laughs> but I think that's the unhealthy body image thing is something that more coaches should be cognizant of. Like, mm -hmm. you don't realize the little shit like, you know, Carrie doing it in jest, but she's going, hey, let's have a, a who can have the better abs contest yeah. for a fucking competition. You can't be doing that shit mm -hmm. with uh, with certain people. Like, Well, like you, I have to say, like, it depends on the coach because some coaches don't even try to get to know the people that they're coaching. And so uh, you can't tell. Mm -hmm. You knew me. Like, you came up to me after a workout before and you were like, you look like shit have you eaten today? Mm -hmm. I can remember I was sitting on the box, like I was so pale and I, I wasn't eating as much as I should be. Mm -hmm. And you were like, you need to go home and you need to eat. And you were like, don't come back unless you've eaten. And you would always ask me if I'd eat. Mm -hmm. And so that was like a huge part of it. Well, and, and that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize as well is 
the amount of food you consume to be an elite level athlete is a lot. It's a lot of food. And, and I couldn't get my head wrapped around And that. there's a difference between eating to perform and eating for body composition and some of these other things. And it is challenging. But I remember, like, within 20 minutes of Carrie saying, let's have an ab competition, I think I text you. I'm like, don't even fucking yeah. pretend that you're going to get involved in this because this is a bad idea. And I remember in your own little mean-ass Kylie way, <laughs> you made me pay for it because I remember... I was doing, like, I used to actually work out with my shirt off. I don't anymore because of this fucking moment. But I remember doing handstand push-ups at the old gym, and you walked over, and you're like, and I don't remember how you worded it, but you said something like, damn, Jay, everybody has abs when they're upside down, and you look like a fat piece of shit. And I was, <laughs> like, bitch. And I was like, that's my way of telling you, get better, do better. <laughs> I'm like, I walk over and put my shirt back on. I'm like, God, what a <laughs> fucking bitch. Fuck. <laughs> fuck you, daughter. You're grounded. But it was like, I know you weren't happy to hear me say, hey, you can't, you can't partic- participate yeah. in this style of challenge. But every, it wouldn't have been good for me mentally, emotionally. And, and everybody in that group was having body. Like, I knew everybody's demons, and I'm like, you're, you're, are some of the people worst were people. injured in that group yeah. working out and yes so. it's like you guys can't do that and i know i come across sometimes as an asshole for saying that but in reality to your point earlier i knew each and one of each one of you so mm-hmm. well that i was like we can't we can't cross this bridge this is dangerous for us on so many more levels than you could seriously tell like i have seen you walk up to people in that group and be like you need to stop doing that like you need to chill out like that's not good for you ultimately some of the people in that group have uh moved on because they don't like that i am brutally honest with them well i think it's also like for me like as i get older it's like i'm an adult like how are you gonna tell me what to do Mm -hmm. but and I feel like that's some people like in that group like their problem like I hate Mm -hmm. referring to it as the group but like I don't Mm want to say anything and but it's just like you have to like recognize like you're a coach you want what's best for that person ultimately I've already said like 15 times on this podcast you're like a mini version of me (laughs) you're about to be 22 you said Mm -hmm. in February I'm about to be 40 The mistakes that I've made, I got myself addicted to pain pills for ignoring some of these signs. I've had my own eating issues because I took so many pain pills. I lost, a, I didn't gain weight. I was mm-hmm. so unhealthy that I'm like, you don't have to make the same fucking mistakes I did. Yeah. Like, if, if I'm telling you something, I'm not dictating you to what to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving out. you the advice. I'm saying, hey, look. As someone that's been through some shit, I don't think this is a good idea for you. It sucks to hear it. It does. But that's what it is. But ultimately, there are a lot of coaches that have disagreed with me with me, and have left and gone elsewhere because they don't know how to have that tough conversation. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm going to lose this person as a friend, as a client. I'm like, you're going to lose them anyway because they're going to get hurt yeah. or something bad's going to happen. I'd much rather have you respect me at the end going oh fuck that motherfucker was right yeah thanks like, yeah. thanks for looking out for me because no matter what when you walk in my door you're my responsibility yes i have you sign waivers and i joke all the time you sign the fucking waiver yeah. but ultimately i take it very personally when people get hurt mm-hmm. like that's on me yeah. and i'm not saying i can prevent injuries by any means there are people that have got hurt that has nothing to do with what we're doing i still look at myself as a coach my staff as coaches what did we do wrong 
to not see this. Sometimes you come back and you go, it was a fluke. Like mm-hmm. literally we couldn't stop that. Like that, I fell off the bar. <laughs> yeah, you've fallen off the bar. Debbie having shoulder surgery. Like some things just happen. I never want to be like internally looking at myself or my staff and going, you ignored all the fucking signs. Yeah, like you pushed too hard. Yeah, like you like, didn't let them rest. Someone walks in. No, you've always been so good about like telling people to chill out like when they need to relax and take some time off. Like I think that you've done like a great job with that. It sucks to hear, like I said, but it's what's best. And you see it more than we see it. Mm-hmm. So. And then on the flip side, I'm also equally as good at telling you to get off your fucking ass when I need to. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's <laughs> it was tough, a couple but... weeks ago. I was like, oh, I feel like so out of shape. You're like, get the fuck off the couch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, sometimes I think I just say shit and then like the filter that's supposed to catch it, like just forgets. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh man. You're... It's also me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it, it is, but I've had to grow up um, a lot over the last three years with everything that's happened. It's like, Dealing with adversity has made me, like, I hate it, but it's given me so much wisdom to pass on to mm-hmm. other people. Like I said earlier, I've, I, I was addicted to pain pills for roughly 15 years of my life. I was an alcoholic. Uh, I've been divorced. I've, I've royally fucked up so mm-hmm. many fucking times in my life. And then I still find a way to trust people. Mm-hmm. And then said people, whether it's my fault or not, stab me in the back and go do something and I still end up going okay the next person that walks in I still got to find a way to give them everything I got yeah and that's a hard fucking thing to do I feel like since I've started there's been so many people that have come in and out of this gym and like very few people that have been consistent with you and Debbie and like our team stuff and it's just for me as a young woman to yeah. see it and go through all that, I was like, wow. Because I never piped up. I never said anything because, like, it's not my business. But And we don't make big deals about it. No. Like, even though we're talking about it right now, I've never – I usually don't even publicly announce or, or No, you own your shit, shit by yourself. Yeah. Like, I, that's between you and said person. But, like, other people, like, kind of that do know what's going on. Like, I don't know. I think I just learned from everyone else – and from all the people that have been in and out of this gym, like what loyalty is and how to commit to something because I see other people like how they fucked it up. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. How how many times have you ever watched some of these scenarios and tried to talk to me and I've actually been honest with you about what's been going on? I usually tell you it's none of your fucking business. Yeah. Uh, There's a couple situations you were directly involved in Mm -hmm. that we talked about just because you were directly involved in them. But most of them I'm like... Well, I was also so young. Yeah. Like... But it doesn't matter, like for me to you, it wouldn't matter who the fuck it is coming to talk to me. If, mm-hmm. if it doesn't involve that, that per if you're not involved in the situation, you're going to get a... Yeah. And, and to, to some people's um, dismay... This hell, is like a not a drama. Yeah. Like we don't I, that, do drama. That's not what I'm doing here, but someone reached out to me a couple weeks ago. Someone had an accident that used to come here mm-hmm. and they told me about it. And I, I literally, this was my response. I wish said person well. Mm-hmm. glad it wasn't life-threatening or whatever you're saying it was but what the fuck does this have to do with me yeah and they're like you're an asshole and i'm like no i know my place that that's that's what it boils yeah. down to and i'm not saying that's a good quality to have but ultimately 
what the fuck did like don't bring well, me into this situation because we've had people come into the gym who want the drama oh i'm aware there was that you know what i'm talking about <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> and i'm just like woo, stay away from me i just want to work out <laughs> yeah, yeah um but it is it's a hard balance and anytime the gym grows we do really cool shit but then mm-hmm. it's like it hits this boiling point where um it just over over boils mm-hmm. and and you can't contain it anymore but it was like i remember as awesome as mission 24 was in terms of execution and all i remember leaving that talking to debbie going uh, we're we're on the verge of something bad happening and that was this is my own fault one of the things that is tough about being an adult is accepting responsibility for what's your fault and what's not. Mm-hmm. When we found out Joe had cancer, I 1000% took my eye off the ball. Yeah. I stopped focusing on the gym. I stopped focusing. I don't even think I coached half the fucking time. I was, I remember when he had his surgery, I went up the day after. That was I, a very... I was in the hospital like six, seven, eight times yeah. while he was still there. Like, my focus completely shifted and during that I was also training for mission 24 and I did get 100% pissy with a lot of people that are like hey what time are we training Saturday morning I'm like what fucking time have we trained Saturday morning every fucking month or every week for the last fucking three four or five years that was a really stressful time like so we hit we get through mission 24 and I do want to detour to talk about mine and your workout together on mission 24 because it was one of my favorite from Mission 24. So I was on, I, this was at like three o'clock in the morning, something like that. You had come in and you'd done other workouts mm-hmm. and we were joking around. And I was talking to Cassandra about this on the last podcast. God, I, it was it was so early in the morning. I, I, I thought I was doing a really good job of being pretty happy and laid back for all the stress I was putting myself through. But Should I remember, hit the fan. Uh, during, during our workout, I remember it was three wall balls, two burpees and one clean yeah or something like that it was like 30 rounds of that it should have been like a five minute it workout and it took a billion rounds <laughs> but i remember you said something to me and you're like Are you gonna be a dumbass during this and i kept purposely no repping myself during the wall and you're like are you gonna fuck around this time and i like do a squat clean and then drop the ball i'm like you're up and you're like you were like so mad. every bad. other group's done and me and you were like just fucking around mm-hmm. but you actually were getting mad at me. Oh, I, I was pissed. I, I, was, I literally I was said, <laughs> are you fucking done yet? Like, and I was just laughing hysterically. But that was, now that I, it's just me and you three years later. <laughs> a lot of that was I had so much stress build up yeah. that I needed to just fuck around. And you were someone that I knew I could just. We ended up laughing at the end. I hated you. you. Oh, I know you did. About, I was dead tired. I was 50, like, I'm going home. Yeah. And, uh. <laughs> I just remember your facial expression being like, I'm going to give you this one because you look like you need it, but I'm going to fucking kill you, yeah, you were next dead. time I'm going to see you. You looked like shit. I, like, I, it was bad. Was, uh, it's not wise to do what I did. No. Like, I know... It was semi-dangerous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know it was, uh, it was not the smartest decision I've ever made. Uh, but long story short, like... Joe was there for part of that, mm-hmm. and it was just, it was like all the emotion of dealing with everything we were going through. You have one outlet, and then for like all your emotions, all your stress, 
and then you have something personal come into that like it it sucks like yeah it was there's no escape it was it was rough <laughs> and then you know we get through mission 24 and then i'm like we were planning a trip with joe and their family down to crossfit krypton we were doing I remember all this, that. we yeah. were doing all this this shit and i remember getting text out of blue that hey you know some of your gym equipment's missing all this other, and i'm like what the fuck is going on and then it's like i start getting the text that people are quitting and there's this rumor of this new gym starting and then mm-hmm. rumor of all these other fucking bullshit things that are happening that's when like, i learned at a young age how adults can act sometimes <laughs> and i was like oh, i don't want to be like that yeah. um <laughs> And I still take shit to this day because people are like, there are people that left and came back. And they're like, I would have stayed had you like tried to fight for me. And I'm like, I'm not gonna fight for someone that's even gonna think about going. I was down. like, I, I didn't. First of all, I didn't know that the rumors were true, like because some of the things that they were talking about was this this guy that I'd known for 30 years that would never do that shit. Mm-hmm. So why would I believe that? I'm like, I'm dealing with this. I'm, I'm dealing with life and death over here. Yeah. Why the fuck do I care about that? And for them um, to do that during this time, that's what really hurts. Like, uh, it is what What's it like is. kicking you when you're down? It, it, if I've learned anything in this life, it's that you better be prepared to fight at any point. And, people suck. And, and when you're at your weakest, that's usually when people attack. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately... Uh, they attacked while I was at my weakest, and mm-hmm. I remember the day it got announced. And I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna give the dignity of saying what actually happened on this fucking podcast. But I remember the day it was announced, what was happening happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally told said person when they finally had the balls to tell me, and they texted it to me. They didn't even <laughs> fucking say it in person. Um, I said, "You guys better hope you put me out by the end of this year, because if you don't." You guys are going to create a fucking monster you don't want to wake back up. Yeah. Because right now, I was I was one foot out the door ready to call it. Mm-hmm. And that brought me back in. And uh, we go, we do all the CrossFit Krypton stuff. It actually happened today. It was on memory that I had today. Really? Uh, we actually met, uh, Joe met Ben Smith. We worked out at CrossFit Krypton. One of the coolest, so during all this shit, I'm losing friends. I'm losing to, to most people. I'm losing my fucking business. Yeah. And I got this. I got a guy I consider my brother. And, and he's going. I want to meet meet Ben Smith, and I want to go on this family trip. You trying to hold it all together? For well, well, no. I'm not, well, it's not just that. It was like, I remember uh, me and Carrie actually had this conversation today. But I remember telling her, like, what the fuck do you want me to? I don't know Ben Smith. Like, yeah. I can't guarantee this happens. Like, we can go down there, but I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And I remember we walk in there, and there's like 15 of us in fucking our Joe P shirts. And Mm -hmm. we walk in, and Adam Klink, who was the general manager, he's since moved on to a different company, but he was a general manager, and he walks up to me, and I don't even know if someone pointed out that I was the the owner or what, but he walks up to me and he goes, what's up with the shirt? So I told him that story, Mm -hmm. and he was supposed to be coaching. And he called someone else over there. I didn't catch what they were saying because it was kind of off in the corner. But all of a sudden, it was pretty clear someone else was coaching. And he went and got on the phone. And he got him in and there. And about halfway through our workout, I saw Ben walk in. And That's I was awesome. like, oh. I've never even heard like what happened because I, mean, I wasn't there. Yeah, or... um, so 
uh, Joe was going to work out, and it, he was too. It was rough. Uh, it was too far uh, past to where he could actually do a workout. But he was mm-hmm. kind of sitting in the corner, and it was kind of cool for us because even though I was working out, like I watch Adam go over and sit with him, and he's talking, and then they let uh, they let class finishes, and they they call everybody up. And Adam actually did an entire speech about Joe. Really? Like he goes, "Hey, I just I, he stopped his workout." And he like goes over and sits with him and uh, he, he literally tells Joe's story and he makes everybody like clap and wish him good luck and all this other stuff. And he actually has reached out to us two or three times since Joe's, oh, uh, but he dismisses classes and right before we're going to walk out, he grabs me. He's like, Hey, hold on a second. And right then Ben walks in the other way and we had almost two hours where it was just Ben, Adam and our crew. That's and awesome. he just sat down. Who's the coolest, I, most, I'd never most known gracious this. person? And he literally just sat down and like Skyland's all like, you know, <laughs> she don't give a fuck who he is. So she's all asking him questions, trying to showing him his handstand walks. Mm-hmm. I'm asking him tips on stuff, and he literally sat there for like two hours, just letting Joe ask questions and soak everything up. He gave him signed. Uh, CrossFit Krypton shirts. He made sure we all had everything. It was just one of those cool ass moments. So you got all this darkness going on over here. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, it's almost like God was giving you this moment, like going, breath of fresh hey, air. hey yeah. like what you're doing is way more important than this drama over mm-hmm. here. And, and that's what I've always tried to remind myself of is uh, I just did a first form coaching call and I was telling my story about drugs and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, when it's your darkest, when it's darkest fuck out, when you're literally, it is so dark, you don't even know which fucking direction to go. When, and I've been in this spot, when you're looking at the person in the mirror and you fucking hate that person. When you're ready, the light is as bright as you can fucking be because yeah. you're so fucking dark. And that was one of those moments where the light became so fucking bright. I'm like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, even though all this shit's going on over here, like, that's a moment I will never forget in my entire life. And every year when that pops up on my fucking memory timeline, I get emotional. I have those days where like today I was doing my fucking first form Instagram stuff and I'm like, go to grab my product that I'm supposed to talk about. I don't, I'm not supposed to, but Mm -hmm. I was going to talk about this post-workout and all that. And I literally just, I blank out and I go, I'm going to be real with you. I don't fucking want to do this right now. Yeah. I want to talk about my buddy who when he did end up passing, as far as my boss knows, was my brother. Mm-hmm. I got actual bereavement time as if he was my brother. Wow. Because I called my boss. I'm like, look, I don't know what you want me to say. You know my history of my family. I got no family. Yeah. These people are my family. And he's like, as far as HR knows, your brother died. I'm like, cool. In darkness, you have to, like, that's where that light comes through. And mm-hmm. I remember the reason it's such a vivid memory is we got back from that. And it was like almost instantaneously, Joe lost his ability to talk. And it just, it went downhill so quick after that, where it was like, that was the last real moment we had as a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's surreal to think about how all of these events lead to that moment. And then I remember uh, that was kind of when, when he passed, that's when I had that, like me and Debbie had that conversation, like, do we want to keep going forward or do we want to call it? And uh, I remember 
you saying something about that, about calling it, and I was like, because I think I, it was just, I was like the last one at the gym the one day, because I used to clean the gym sometimes, yeah. and I was the last one, I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, plate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like I need this place. Yeah. Um, little funny, fun fact, so we were doing, um, it was Fremont, what the fuck do they call it, Fit Fremont. Mm-hmm. Every gym was free for the first two months of 2019. Uh, yeah, 2019, because that's when he died. Um, so we're having free trial memberships. Chance to win all this business. Um, Friday into Saturday. I don't remember what time Carrie called us, but she called at like, it's like four in the morning or something like that. I don't know exactly the time, but it was very early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Joe had passed and I remember uh, absolutely losing it it's just me and Debbie laying in bed and I'm like I'm canceling classes today and Debbie's like you can't cancel classes today and I was like babe you don't understand I I can't do it today and you know I hate the word can't Mm -hmm. I was like I can't do it today and she's like you have to and we walk in and there's like every member of JG3 is fucking crying (laughs) and like 10 new people come in to try out our gym and I'm like this is why I didn't want to fucking do this but it ended up being like five of them stayed because they're like we didn't know what the fuck was going on but the fact that you guys were that tight-knit of a group we wanted to be part of it yeah and I was like I remember just walking up I'm like look one of my best friends just died I really don't want to be here but I have to be here so let's work out (laughs) because let's work out and uh it was it was a very tough, but I, I remember that was that one of those moments when we're all standing there where I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't call it. Like, was I there for that? I'm pretty sure I was there for that. You might have been, because um, we ended up taking Taylor and Elena to brunch after that. Um, and it was just, it was one of those weird moments where it was very sad, but at the same time, it was one of those cool, like... I think we had 28 people go with us to Casa Fiesta. And, mm-hmm. were, you know, it's like just one of those moments you won't forget. But that's, I always talk about this roller coaster of owning a business, owning a gym, yeah. own, life. Like you can, you can say life. And it's like what people don't realize is they think you're high in one thing and you're high in everything. Mm-hmm. That was such a point in my life where I was on opposite ends of the spectrum for almost everything. And they kept crossing over and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> like, and you sit there and um, you try and coach people, right? I'm trying to coach you and you don't realize all this other bullshit that I got no. going on in my life. <clears throat> and then that's what makes having the relationship as important where you can walk in and, and you can see in my body language that, hey... You know, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. I need today. to just shut the fuck up and yeah, do my do my work today. I know, yeah. Or, or vice versa. And um, in saying that, we have some really cool fucking times because when we're both on, it's like it's, it's it, we awesome. can we can have some <laughs> we can have some fun times to to turn it back to more of a positive note. Um, that's about the time you had left to go to college, right? Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, I can still remember my last uh, my last day. It was so much fun. It was we, all on the bar too. We did the the Kylie Taylor workout, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Everything and it was, was on like, the bar. I have it. Do you? I, I'll find it. 
It's on my uh, Instagram. I know I got it. I remember doing it. It was such a sad day. I remember leaving. It was the day before. It was like the night. I went. I left like the next day or something. Yeah, yeah. Because you came in and you almost couldn't work out at first. And then I started fucking with you. And we started having a lot more. Yeah, so it was. Yeah. Yeah. And we ended up having an open gym the rest of the hour, which turned into everybody talk shit to Kylie. And we did a bunch of other stuff. But I remember you getting ready to leave and just being... We didn't know what was next, right? Like, I didn't no. know what the fuck was going to happen when you went to college. Um, now look at me, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you let me do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Should have coached me through the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, um... Unfortunately, yeah, you didn't get dealt the best hand when you went to college, and then you made yeah. some lovely life decisions that I will not get into. But um, you're back on the path now, right? Yeah. This uh, starting kind of starting yesterday, maybe starting today. <laughs> uh, you started last couple weeks ago. Um, anyway, let's let's we'll skip through all the the bad parts. We'll go to the the good part is. You did give us a grandbaby. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. So, Light of my life. So you had a baby at... How old were you when you... I had just turned 21 about two weeks before. It was the best birthday present ever. The hardest birthday present ever. It was like... And what I mean, was... Uh, she was born during COVID, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was... What, what's her actual birthday? February 16th. February 16th. So yeah. almost two weeks after your birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's that like delivering a baby during fucking COVID? Uh, you can't see anyone. Mm-hmm. You um, can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You literally stay in your room and you don't. <laughs> you ask for anything you need. Like I don't know. I haven't given. I haven't had a baby outside of COVID. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's my only experience. Yeah. But I mean, it was good. I just ha- whenever I thought about having kids, which I never thought about, I was just gonna be like the cool aunt. Like that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But this is. I would never trade her for anything in the world, obviously. No. But um, it was always like in movies. You know, like the whole family's waiting out in the mm-hmm. waiting room. Like everyone's mm-hmm. gonna see her. No one was there. Yeah, yeah. Like my mom, uh, she couldn't be there. Like she was working down below because it was in the hospital, in the Fremont's hospital, and she mm. was like, I can't even come up and see her. She, she might have come up and seen her at some mm, point, but yeah. off the record. <laughs> yeah, well, let's keep that off the internet. Yeah. Um, don't worry, no one at Memorial Hospital or whatever the fuck it's called now is going to listen to this shit. But if they I did, mean, they won't make it through the 57 minutes we're at right now. But um, it was just, it was, it was like I shut out from the entire world. It was just her and I and her father. So, mm. walk me through the mindset change of being. You know, it's an odd time to have a child. Like twenty ones, where most people are like, "Oh, I can finally start drinking. Let's, let's do this. Out. Let's yeah. do that." You were a college student. Yeah. Um. So. While I was pregnant with her, I was going, I was taking classes online because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, it was going great, and I was also working. Um, and then I had her, and I just decided I was like, you know what, mentally, because I know I've heard about like postpartum depression and everything. 
was like, this is going to hit me hard. I was like, I knew. Like, I know myself. And I was like, this is going to hit me hard. I was like, <laughs> let's take a break from studies. <laughs> so I ended up not going in the spring. And then I made the choice to not go in the fall either. But I am going uh, this upcoming spring. I'm starting to back up again in January. But um, I just... Are you going online? Online, okay. yeah. I might have to take some classes in the summer at BW, but I definitely want my degree from there. Um, so I'm doing what I can. That's awesome. Um, in terms of mental shift. Oh, it started out when I was pregnant, I think. That's when mm. I like really matured. I was Because I've always had issues with food. Let me... Uh, Something that you said earlier just popped into my head mm-hmm. that I should talk about. You talk about postpartum um, depression, and you talk about um, some of the things that you knew you were going to struggle with. Correct me if I'm wrong. One of the best resources or friends, however you want to word it, that you ended up having was Katie Brindley always seemed to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're, I nonstop was, like, texting her. Like, I can remember texting her, like, one in the morning before. Like, oh, my God, she's crying. Like, I can't get her to burp. <laughs> I was like, what do I do? She's got the hiccups. She's like, girl, you're fine. She's about, and she was, I think she was pregnant with Macy, or Uh I think that's what it was. And she was like, girl, don't even worry about it. It happens. And uh, she's always so laid back about everything. Like, I wish I could be like her because I instantly freak out about everything. And Uh then it takes me a long time to just come down and I have to do it by myself. Uh (laughs) But, um, yeah, she helped me through a lot of it. And it was... It was all, like, I cannot believe I put this human in this world. I can't even take care of myself. How am I supposed to take care of her? I, yeah, and, I was, yeah. and she was like, you got it. And she was like, if I can do it, you can do it. They don't really prepare you for the... No. They literally, you have that kid, and they're like, all right, this is how you feed her, this is how you burp her, and this is how you put a diaper on. Get out of here. I was like, okay. Good luck, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they're not going to sleep for, like, the first fucking... Well, she... They told us to wake her up, like, every three to four hours. She ended up wanting to sleep longer. Like, I had to literally wake her up sometimes. And I wish, like, if I ever had a second kid, which I don't plan on having one, um, my advice to anyone would just be, like, just let them sleep. Unless it's, like, I guess unless you have a uh, preemie baby, don't let them sleep because they need extra calories. But um, Um, I will tell you... uh, um the one piece of advice everybody gives that I, I always find bullshit. They're like, sleep when the baby sleeps. Oh, Bitch, no. I got to live my life, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I got to clean I, my house. I got to eat. I got to make sure she's breathing while she's really? sleeping. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I got to go to work. What the fuck do you mean sleep? Like, I don't yeah. get to. Like, this is the real world. Like, mm-hmm. you don't get to do that all the time. No. And it's, it's That's what everybody says. Like, even other parents say that and have mm-hmm. said that to me. And I'm just like, that is the biggest joke I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. bad. I'm, I'm, I, th- those ones always caught me off guard. So, anyway, you've been a parent for... Nine months. Nine months now. Mm-hmm. Biggest life lesson you've taken from being a mom. Um, it's not about me anymore. Nothing is about me. And uh, I will do anything. I always have been, like, a semi-selfish person, I feel like, because I've... No. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I found myself to be, like, always wanting to be very independent, even though I have been so dependent on my parents my whole entire life. Um, I always wanted to be so independent, and so I was, like, very selfish with my time. Like, I didn't give my time to anybody. 
but it's not about me anymore. And that was like what made me grow up the most. It was like, I've never loved something so much in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would do anything for her. Yeah, it's... Uh, like, uh, yeah. I'll like starve so she can eat right now because I know she's hungry. Like, it's just so, it's such like a weird thing. <laughs> it's a weird transition at a, an odd point in your life. At where, a young age. Where yeah. everybody else is kind of in party mode and you're now you got this life mm-hmm. that, I have that, that needs a real you. responsibility. Yeah. Like she yeah. is dependent on me. So, I mean, it's what I, I would not change it for the world. Like I would stay in with her. Like I would take that over anything. Like I don't care if like anyone's going out, if like my friends are going out, if like there's some big party, like some concert, like I don't care. Like I just want to be snuggled up at home with her. Like mm-hmm. I, uh, she has been the best life lesson if anything like she gives me like so much motivation like I'm going back to school for her mm-hmm. because I lost all my motivation to go back to school because I was just like I'm a new mom like maybe this is like maybe I'm supposed to be a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. but like recently obviously like her dad and I split so um I want to do what's best for her and I will struggle through anything for that kid well it's like you have to lead by example, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in my opinion, that's how you earn the most respect from someone. It's not from dictating to them, hey, this is how you do life. Hey, this is this is how you... Like, when I tell Trenton, this is how you train for something, or hey, this is how you present something, or this is how hard you have to work to be successful, it's not going to be from just words. Mm-mm. It's going to be a lifelong lesson of him watching me work a full-time oh, yeah. job, owning a gym on the side, doing first-form like, stuff. Like, you have to to earn respect. You didn't earn respect from me for me telling you something. Mm-hmm. You earn respect for, by, by sweating next to me, by, by understanding and, and learning how much I cared. And then it becomes this mutual, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction. But mm-hmm. that, that respect initially comes from me leading by example yeah and I wanted to live up to expectations I feel like because you were a coach but you also it was a weird time for me when I first started out you were like almost even like a father figure which is Mm. so funny to say now because you call me daughter and I call Mm. you my father and it's just my parents that were like recently divorced I was going through like I was just in high school like I didn't know what was going on like I was just floating through life mm-hmm. and uh, coming here like that was so much structure for me mm-hmm. and it helped me so much and so I always wanted to live up to your expectations and you had some high fucking expectations at points I don't make things easy that's for no. sure but you know it's funny that to hear you say that is um I was having, I was just at a conference with a bunch of the highest level of coaches that you can be around. And I was talking to this elite sponsored trainer, like this is one of the faces of first form. Like he is, he is one of, if you want to be a trainer, like this is one of those guys. And uh, I was having a conversation with him about some of the things he does well, you know, and he's like, in my opinion, there's, there's personality differences, but he's basically nine years ahead of where I was. Mm-hmm. He's 49 years old. He's doing all the things that I'm striving to do. And he starts out his presentation. And uh, I don't know if I've ever said this, but I bet you you would say this sounds almost like some shit I would say. Mm-hmm. 
He starts out his presentation. Mind you, we've had three high-level coaches present before this guy. Everybody's like ranting and raving about these guys. This guy, this moment that I'm about to say was the most impactful thing I heard the whole weekend. Ten fucking high-level coaches presenting this moment. He goes, a lot of you want to be the best coaches in the world. Mm-hmm. I am an average coach. I'm an above-average human being. I fucking care about my people. Yeah. And I show them that I fucking care. Anybody can teach you how to do macros. Anybody can teach you what we do out here. It's who takes like the next step. Who can teach you that they care. Yeah. So I'm having a conversation afterwards. I'm like, man, I love that, blah, blah, blah. And we start talking about like some planning and structuring of, of, of some of these next challenges I got going up. He goes, what are you fucking good at? I'm like, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an average coach, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> like, I'm not good at anything, but... I'm trying to make it through the day. (laughs) But when it boils down to it, what I'm good at is exactly what he described, is I'm really good at making people understand what they can achieve. Yeah. And and that's what I always wanted to do for for you specifically is I didn't want to let you set the bar at something really easy to reach. Mm -hmm. I wanted to set the bar at stuff that seemed fucking scary as hell to go after. Mm -hmm. Because if you do that, even if you fail, you got a lot higher. Yeah. I failed. uh, so many times I remember failing things like eight or nine times and hitting it on the 10th just yeah. because you were like let's go like you can't do it but come on let's see if you can that's usually when you made it as I was like <laughs> yeah. I was like well you either fucking quit or hit it so we can go yeah you like go home yeah. after this one if you yeah. if you miss it yeah and then you, like fuck off yeah. I, I'll get it yeah but that's what being a parent ends up being is it being a parent being a coach being a leader whatever it may be is you said something earlier that, that everybody should hear it's not about you anymore mm-hmm. if you want to be a high level coach if you want to be a high level parent if you want to be a high level human being it has to be more about the other per. there has yeah. to be more give and take um, you can't always be pounding yourself in the chest for your Fran time you can't always be pounding mm-hmm. yourself on you the chest you definitely put yourself on the back burner and then when you realize like how to manage it mm-hmm. like it gets better like well, what like, what you're doing right now like you're going to the gym on your lunches mm-hmm. like you got to do what you got to do yeah um and ultimately how seriously can you take yourself when you're wiping somebody else's ass i mean come on <laughs> yeah. like, you can't be like i'm fucking a boss bitch let me wipe that shit like she's <laughs> oh, i can't wait for the day she can wipe her own ass um just wait till they start talking and don't shut the fuck up. She already has, like, an attitude. Like, you know, you've seen her. She's a mini-me, and I'm going to pay so yeah. hard for how I was. Yeah, they say you get payback with your kids, and I'm like, nah, we'll be all right. <sighs> and I remember, like, well, you saw me and Trent walked in with the same shoes yesterday, right? Yeah. I'm, like, sitting here. Kyrie releases some new shoes. I'm like, damn, those are fire. I'm getting those. And Trent's like... Yeah, me too, Dad. I'm like, oh, I hate that you like shoes. But but here's a funny story about Trent. So this is when I knew, like, not that you couldn't tell he was my kid. He's a spitting image of me. Oh, my God. The day you showed us your old uh, pictures from school, I was, oh, yeah. you were like, look, Trent got his picture today, like, for the yearbook. And I was like, wow. But I was like, weird. How do you already have it? You're like, it's literally me. Yeah, <laughs> I was, was like, oh, shit. No, uh, the, uh, you're going to appreciate this. So we go... Um, we were supposed, it was supposed to be just me and Trenton going to a Cavs game. Mm-hmm. We had tickets to the Atlanta Hawks game. I was considering getting a mini pack and 
Debbie comes down with COVID. Both kids come down with COVID. I text the guy that I bought those tickets from, and I'm like, dude, I like, yeah. what do you want me to do? He goes, if you'll meet with me in person about the mini game pack, I will give you four tickets to see the Trailblazers. Hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. Trent had never been to basketball. Skyline had never been to basketball. Debbie has never been to basketball. So we go. This guy gives me, I'm, I'm in. I'm like, yeah. I'll fucking buy the tickets right now. <laughs> but I don't know that any of these three motherfuckers will like basketball at all. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting in line for like, and this is how bad it is. They didn't even ask to go to the team shop, nothing. They're like, let's get food. And I'm like, oh, they really, this is going to go bad. Mm. So we go sit down or we're in line for food. And I'm like, guys, I know you guys have never been about You want to see the intros. Like, that's one of the coolest parts. Mm-hmm. We walk in to see the intros, and they kill lights. They start shooting off fire and all, yeah. and all of a sudden, Trenton's like, okay. I like this. Okay. Well, anyway, so they finish the intros, and they start the game, and Debbie's like, hey, you want to go get food? And Trenton's like, mm-hmm. I'm watching the game. And I'm like, I'll stay with him. And she's like, how am I supposed to carry all the fucking food? And I'm like, I don't know. You'll figure it out. Anyway, he literally sits like this. Hands on his fucking cheeks, just like barely saying anything for a quarter and a half. Really? Just taking everything in? Taking everything in. Skyland now is into it because in between they got the, like the little dancing yeah, and yeah. all the other stuff. And now Debbie's like, oh, this is fun. Anyway, all of a sudden Trent turns and looks at me and goes, Dad, I know my favorite player. And I'm like, the fuck is wrong with this kid? For yeah. a half hour he hasn't moved. He was like studying. And all of a sudden, <laughs> how did he pick his favorite player? The fucking shoes on the guy's foot. He's like, look at Darius Garland's shoes, buddy. Our daddy's like, those are fucking fire. He didn't say fucking, but he's like, those are fire. And I'm like... That's something you would do. I'm like, those are pretty slick. (laughs) So all of a sudden, I go from liking this guy to I'm like, I kind of like that dude now because we're shoes. So anyway... You've always been so big on shoes. I don't know why. It's just something that... That I've always been big on. And then anyway, that's how we found the Kyrie 7s because that's what shoes this guy was wearing. So anyway, he goes, all right, can we go to the team shop? And I'm like, Cavs were winning. I'm like, all right, we got two minutes to go in the half. If we're going, let's beat the crowd. Yeah. And he's like, but. And I'm like, if you want to go, let's go now. <laughs> and Debbie's like, I'm going to stay here. Don't spend any money. And I'm oh, like, God. I got you, babe. <laughs> I'm smart enough to outsmart these kids. They ain't buying shit. We came back with two Cavs jerseys. Did you really? <laughs> both, both kids. I sure. can just see the look. Sure. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we go to sit it. down and Debbie's like, what the hell? And I'm like, she's like, you haven't even made a decision on the, the package. I'm like, I already texted the guy that I'm buying the package. Too. Oh, <laughs> so, so anyway, we bought him both jerseys. Your impulsive buys. I, I'm, I'm horrible with that <laughs> yeah. shit. But we ended up uh, getting the pack. And then yesterday was the first game that me and Trent, too, went to alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we both had on our jerseys, same and shoes, the shoes and everything. Yeah. And everyone's like giving us shit. But it's like, that's the cool part about being a parent. As I know you said, shy is your mini you. Mm-hmm. When you start going out and you're like, part of you will hate it. The other part of you is like, hey, she's going to be in the same shit I am. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, hey, kid, you want to throw on your fucking jerseys and go to a Browns game, Cavs <laughs> it's game, It's like your best friend, but like, like, he's you like, take yeah. care of that. Yeah, and it's like, we'll go to the baseball game, and, you know, when we go to a baseball game, it's like, Debbie and Skyland are there to shop. Yeah. They want to look at jerseys, they want to look oh, at clothes, yeah. they want to look at food. Me and Trent get there, and it's like, we're studying the game. Yeah. Like, he gets his phone out, he's like, look at this guy's delivery angle. I can't angle. wait, I can't like, wait for stuff like that. that. That's the coolest part. So yesterday, and having only two tickets, I think it was the first time ever that, like, we actually split up and Debbie and Skyland stayed home mm-hmm. and me and Trent went. And it was like, 
the whole game turns like, watch this, you know, look at that. I'm not just like a surreal feeling, like, wow. It, it's so crazy <laughs> because he, he goes from like not even sure that he likes basketball to now he's talking about going to a camp, doing really? all this other stuff. And it's like, huh. it, it just flipped. And, and I'm a firm believer, and I think CrossFit helped you, and that's how I'm going to tie it all together. Sometimes we specialize too quick. Mm-hmm. Like you become a volleyball player. You become a baseball player. You become a swimmer. I didn't specialize until I went to college. Yeah. Like in the in the spring, I was playing golf. In the summer, in the winter, I was swimming. In the fall, I was running cross country. I was doing track and field. You know, I was in the summer. I'm playing baseball. Like we were just loving doing yeah. something. Yeah. My fear with him was he only played baseball. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, you're like awesome at it now, but by the time you're fucking 15, you're going to hate baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to ha- happen. I d- and I think where CrossFit helped you is you were only in volleyball. Yeah. And then we gave you this other outlet. And I definitely would have choose now thinking about it. Like, I didn't buy in in volleyball for college, like I said. And I think I did, you know, pick like, oh, I'm a volleyball player, a little too fast. And mm-hmm. that's why I enjoyed CrossFit so much because mm-hmm. it was just something else. Like, it was fun to me and I loved it. But then I knew, like, I had to play volleyball. Mm-hmm. I get to go to CrossFit, I had to play volleyball. Mm-hmm. And there was just like a huge difference to me. And I, I don't know, I wish I just would have been a little more steady with CrossFit through the years mm-hmm. and not taking a volleyball because it was just. By the time, like, my second year that I was playing at BW, I wasn't doing it for fun. Like, I didn't even love it anymore. Mm. It becomes I, a job. It was more yeah. of a job. Like, it was just like, I'm here. Let's get this over with. Mm-hmm. And once That's... I got out, it was just like, I kind of missed the competition. But obviously, like, I still had it yeah. here. But I was like, that's just not me anymore. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it happens. Unfortunately, there's, there's. It was like a lifelong burnout. Yeah. Um, and, and that's unfortunate that that kind of thing happens, but that's why as parents, and I think it's, uh, it's this generation of parents, people my age that are raising their kids to be the next LeBron James, to mm-hmm. be the next, you know, why LeBron James is fucking LeBron James. Cause he, play, cause he's a fucking freak athlete. It didn't yeah. matter if he played basketball. It didn't matter if he played football. He he'd be, a, good, at what he'd he be good at whatever he was. <laughs> yeah. He just happened to be like when he became national spotlight level, it was in basketball. Was in basketball yeah. Like when you focus solely on one thing, yeah, you can get pretty fucking good at it, but the burnout level by the time you get there, it, it's not worth it anymore. I you, don't. Like, I wouldn't even want to... If someone asked me to go play sand, no, I don't want to. Yeah. I just... I don't have any... Like, I have some good memories, but it's not... It's far and few. <laughs> I was having a conversation with... I don't remember who it was on the podcast, but... Oh, Katie. We were talking about top five moments in our life. I was a D1, pretty high-level swimmer. Mm-hmm. Not one of my top five moments Mm-mm. involves swimming. Mm-mm. Honestly, not one of my top five moments probably involved fucking sports. I don't think any of mine would at this point. Yeah. With how much, like, life I've gone through. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there are some people that. Like, that's their life. Like, yeah. that's their love. And I just... Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Like I said, my day off, you know. One of the things I've got a lot better with that I struggled with early on uh, that led to some of these uh, burnout issues that led to some of these splits and things like that is I was I was way too focused on 
the gym success. Mm-hmm. And I never took days off. Yeah. And me and Debbie have got a lot better with she has her days, I have my days. And, you guys have uh, had a lot of family days too. Like I've noticed, yeah. like since I've been gone and like at college, like I see you guys going out as like a family and like going on little trips and stuff. And I'm like, before you were in the gym like seven days a week. Mm-hmm. It was just all about the gym. Yeah, so I stopped doing that, and that's why now I don't apologize to people. I mean, we just launched jujitsu, and it was a jujitsu day, and I told mm-hmm. uh, the guy that's coaching, I'm like, I'm not gonna be here. I gotta take my kid to a ball game, and yeah. he's like cool because he's lived it yeah and one of the reasons he's coaching here is because we both uh, we understand each other so that has helped me maintain a lot frankly it's made me a better coach because now when I'm here I'm back to how I was with you where I'm super engaged in the mm-hmm. person there was a point where I wasn't engaged anymore because I didn't care I yeah. was like all right you're just you know you'd hate to say it but you just you start looking at people as you're just the next person that's gonna fucking leave mm-hmm. so why am I investing well time like in this? if you think about it like there's so, I hate to say so many people, but so many people did, like, stab you in the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and at some point, you're kind of like, huh, well, this is my life, I guess. <laughs> like, people are shit. You know, uh, I, I, I want to be careful with how I word this, because I don't want to sound like a victim. But that's what makes me me. Mm-hmm. Like, when people ask, how are you so resilient? How do you, how do you fight when everybody else, when the odds are stacked against you? It's like fucked up relationship with my parents. Don't talk to any of my siblings. Um, been through divorce. Best friends have walked away. Like the list is long of mistakes, whether they're my fault or not. But there's the, so the, much the, that you've learned. The, and every time, a big part of success that people don't give you credit for is just showing the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things that I'm good at, and I think you would agree is I don't hesitate to make a decision. Mm -hmm. You talk about my impulse buys, but I'm not, I I am an impulse buyer, but I'm also, I'm a decision maker. Like if the thought pops in my head, I make a snap decision. Yes or no. And I roll with it. Mm -hmm. That's what being through shit has taught me is sometimes just making a decision at least you're moving in a direction. Yeah. Instead of sitting there crying, poor, pitiful me. Like thinking about it. You just... Thinking about it, I, I can I can move in that direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it sucks because you have, you know, you have good friends text you telling you, hey, I'm going to compete with this other place. Mm-hmm. And, and you have these conversations like, I thought we had an understanding that said, hey, I don't care that you're doing that, but just if you wear their shirt, you're, <laughs> you're sending a message to me. Yeah. So, you know, in three weeks, don't call me an asshole when now I'm not responding to your text because yeah. you've basically... Uh, you made your bed. You, so. Yeah, you slapped me in the face in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And whether you want to admit or not, that's what happened. And then they want to feel bad. They want you to feel bad. And I just don't feel bad anymore. No. Like, it's, it sucks to say that, but... I've hit that point in life. But, but the resiliency to get back up when you're knocked down... The, that's why Rocky is such a great fucking movie, mm-hmm. right? Everybody loves the underdog that gets a hell beat out of him <laughs> yeah. and refuses to quit. Mm-hmm. That's all life is. It's a, uh, it's a never-ending ass-whooping that you just stand the fuck back up because you know why you stand the fuck back up. 
you're a mom now, mm-hmm. right? You stand the fuck back up, not for yourself anymore, because if the motherfucker messes with Shy, yeah. you're going to knock him the fuck out. Oh, and yeah. the only way you can get good enough to knock that person out is to keep standing up when they're trying to knock you down. Mm-hmm. Because now you're not coming at it from this poor, pitiful me. You're coming at it from experience going, you better hit pretty fucking hard. Yeah. Because for me personally, I've dealt with my parents. I've been in a lawsuit with my parents. I've dealt with my sister's texting me out of the blue that they're calling children's services on each other i've dealt with fucking you know you name it i've dealt with some fucked up situations mm-hmm. so now when you come at me i'm like what do you got that i haven't heard yeah, let's hit this. me yeah. hit me with something that i've not heard oh that's not even to mention my drug pass and all these mm-hmm. other things drop out being told i'd never be successful but like, like look at you now you're doing I still you have so I'm, much on your plate though like i do you're just but Being I don't, successful, you can, man. It, it doesn't really matter. That the fact is, you just—I'm not successful for any other reason than I just—I show up. Yeah. Like, I people think, oh, you're yeah, you're successful because you got a good job. I started at Crown making dick. Mm-hmm. I was a nobody in customer service. You know how I got a name? I kept showing up when nobody else wanted to do something. I answered that call and I helped that person. And that person goes, hey. You got caught. And next thing you know, I go from here to here. And then I'm like, okay, I got enough money to start this gym. Everybody was like, what are you doing starting a gym in fucking Fremont? I guess to keep showing up. We're on year seven, still showing up. Well, I think that for you, it's like you get the small idea of like, ooh, let's do that. And you're like, nah. And then you're like, no, go fuck yourself. Like, I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) You like have a little inside war with yourself as soon as you get the slightest doubt of like, ah, let's not do it. Like, maybe that's a little risk. You're like, nah, (laughs) fuck everybody. Like, I'm going full send. Um, Yeah. And that's. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. When life wants to beat you up, all you can do is go full sun back at it. Mm-hmm. Because if you go sit in the corner, for all you know, the person in the uh, corner might throw in the towel. Yeah. So you better not give them a chance. So I know you've been through some shit. You and your whatever the fuck you want to call them have split. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into that on this podcast because I'm going to be way too fucking mean. And uh, there's already text evidence that I threatened. Oh, people. yeah. So we're not, not going to get down that we route. We explained to the FBI. We did explain <laughs> to the FBI. <laughs> but anyway, you can't beat yourself up for those past mistakes. Oh, Because no. ultimately what you need to do is you look at Shy and you go, Let's do my better. past mistakes gave me this. Mm-hmm. So now I'm coming at it from experience. So It's just going through all that, which is like obviously really recent I have learned so much in such little time and have really gotten my priorities straight and I know what I want to do in life and I know I just want to show her like you don't need anybody but yourself and your um your family that's there for you consistently mm-hmm. <laughs> your family that has always been there for you consistently because like there's a big difference and, and family doesn't I- I take a lot of shit for saying this, but family doesn't always mean blood. No. The people that are there for... You know, I consider you family. Yeah, yeah like, I, I, here's a funny story. I'm not going to talk about what happened, but did I ever tell you where I was when you texted me about all the shit going on? Mm-hmm. And Alicia texted me about all the shit that's going on? I was on a fucking airplane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did yeah. say that. I'm literally on an airplane, like, sitting here going, oh, hating my fucking shit. life. I'm like... God, I just want to be off this fucking plane. We'd been delayed. I'm flying back from, I think it was San Diego. And I'm like, Jesus, I need to get off this fucking plane. (laughs) I'm like, 
uh, I just don't want, like, Debbie was working, so no one's fucking texting me. And then I look down at a random number, and I'm like, what the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, because it's my new number. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, bomb dropped, and I'm like. Holy shit. Okay. So it was like, all right, here we go. And I did threaten him. Yeah. Um, but then I get, and then Alicia sends me a, a, a long message too, and I was like, "Cause you you knew something was up with her, cause her app, her like logs were like all mm, fucked up yeah. that week. She's you're like, what's going on with you guys? Well, and and I think that's the other thing when you have a good relationship with people. Like I told you earlier, um, am I allowed to talk? Well, Aaron probably won't listen to this shit anyway. But mm-hmm. I knew Alicia had started seventy five hard strictly by looking. Oh, at, he's got to know by yeah. now. Like <laughs> I'm sitting here like. To your point, I saw that she had fallen off, which was uncharacteristic of her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I better text and see what's going on. Yeah. Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Was not expecting two days later to get a text from you. And, <sighs> and it probably wasn't even two days later. My days all run together. I think it was literally like later that day because yeah. you had said something. You're like, where the hell you been at? Yeah. And my mom was like, oh, you better tell Jay mm-hmm. that this is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, all right. But, but we get through that. And then all of a sudden she like flipped the switch and it was like perfect. And I'm like... I think this, this I'm has like, been, this bitch started 75 hard and didn't even tell me. I think it's been a good outlet for her, though. Like, she... Work sucks for her right now. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously. Mm-hmm. She's and a nurse, for those of you that Yeah, know. she's a nurse, and she's got so much going on. And then she's got me, this grown child, <laughs> with, with a daughter who she's just taken in. And she just... I think it's good for her to focus on things. Like, because if she wouldn't have started 75 hard... Like, she wouldn't be accountable for going to the gym and her nutrition mm, yeah. and just, like, taking time for herself because she has poured so much into my life, like, the past two weeks especially. It is just, like, I think it helps, like, that structure for her. Well, and I'm going to say this a little different than, than most, but I don't know what made her reach out to come back. Like you weren't really around. I was. Mm-mm. I was about to finish seventy five hard. I don't even know how she heard about because I think she came to my last seventy five workout. Yeah. And I know, you know. Spoiler alert: I don't do things normal. I made my seventy five hard workout fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so I remember sure her walking in for that, and I thought maybe it was a one off. I don't know how she heard about it, but maybe she just wanted to be there to support. Because yeah. Alicia's always, even Aaron, uh, have always supported even yeah. from afar. Like. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not his thing, Aaron has, oh, like when we did Joe P's event, he came and he judged and he did, like, they they helped out. Well, because you've always been there for me. Yeah. And that's how it's always been. Um, But I don't know what made her stay after that, because she started coming back, and then it was like, she would just ask random questions, and I'd be like, this is really weird how she's asked, like, you can tell she was right on this verge of making it, and and 75 hard will pay off for her a lot, because you definitely... You have a lot of time to yourself mm-hmm. to process emotions and feelings. And uh, I, I've said it on the podcast, so I don't have to hide this, but I was back to the point of considering selling the gym. Not from any personal reason. I was just so sick that I was like, yeah. I can't keep doing this shit and feeling miserable because this gym unfortunately goes how me and Debbie go. And Debbie was getting very worn out from like, do you know what it's like? Like me and you are eating and I go, I got to go throw up every time we ate. That's how yeah. our, our life was. And she's like, so I have no fucking energy cause I'm not getting any fuel. Mm-hmm. And then she's going, we're not even sleeping. Cause you're, you know, I'm miserable every fucking night. I'm now having full fledged panic yeah, attacks. Huge funk. 
Yeah. And it's like... I remember right. you saying that to me about the panic attacks. Like yeah. You were having a hard, hard time. It was... I mean, I actually went to the doctor. I, I thought I was going to have to, like, go back on medicine. And honestly... And that's that, scary, that, yeah. That's what snapped me out of it is the lady's like, well, we're going to have to put you on. And I'm like, you are not putting pills. Yeah. I did not work my ass off to get nine years clean to have this bullshit fucking end it. And um, 75 hard is actually what kind of drug me out of it because mm-hmm. I had these times where I'm like you start to panic and you, you realize I'm, I'm stressed about shit. I, I, I can't control. Like, yeah. what the fuck does it like, what, you know, why am I stressed about dying? Why am I stressed about things all that these, you can't I, change I, I, like, today? Nothing I can do. So it became, let's just focus on this 45 minute workout. Let's mm-hmm. just focus on this. And I got back into this very structured way of doing things. And then I started working with first form and, uh, now I'm helping people that I never met. Mm-hmm. that now I'm rebuilding rapport and, and that's something I love to do. Like yeah. I love to talk to people. So I'm like getting to do <laughs> yeah. all these fucking video calls. And then I will tell you one of the coolest things that ever happened to me is, uh, my coach asked me to co-lead a zoom call. There was like 50 people on it. Oof. And he's like, we always come up with weird titles for these things, right? It can't just be called group call. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, He's like, what would you say is the number one thing that's made you successful that we can title this call? And I was like, be unapologetically you. Yeah. And he's like, love it. So that was the whole (laughs) basis of the call. And I remember, like, it's one thing when you're talking with people you know, you love. We've been there, like, telling you my story. It's a lot different than staring at a computer screen at 50 fucking people I don't know, Mm -hmm. bearing my heart about Joe, about all these things. And I remember hanging up that call. And I remember me and Murphy were talking. That's my coach's name. And afterwards, I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. I swore, like, I said fuck probably 50 times. You were unapologetically uh, But I was unapologetically myself. And I remember, for whatever reason, I started a call. I did an Instagram roll call, mm-hmm. right? And I remember hanging up, and I'm like, Debbie's like, how'd it go? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, so I, I opened my phone. I had 38 messages. Really? And I'm like, it went good. <laughs> and she's like, what? And I'm like, literally, just, hey, you're so inspiring. Hey, and I'm going, all it's, I did was talk about how much of a fuck up I am. That's what people need to hear because they can relate. And if they can relate, they're like, if you can come from all that, then I can get over this. Yeah. And that's what they need to hear. Yeah. So the power of having all this time to battle your demons, mm-hmm. what Alicia's probably going through right now is very... It's almost meditative. You're like, oh, I can, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I, I can, I can pass anything that gets tossed my way. I started becoming that bad motherfucker I always claimed I was. Like, I, I kind of lost track of who I was there for a while and didn't really have a purpose. And then it was like this thing came knocking. And then when you start something like that, Alicia will find out pretty soon. People start doubting you. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I love more than this world than someone looking at me telling me I can't do it. So I started getting a little bit of my swagger back and I'm like, okay, that's what people like us need is a little bit of mm-hmm. doubt. I go back to when I knew you were going to be good. When I started thinking you were my daughter, you're staring at a barbell struggling at 125 pounds. Yeah, like, you can't do it. And yeah. I go, you can't do it. And then we added 30 pounds and you did it smiling and talking shit. And I'm like, that's success. I am like that way with my mom too. If you ever see us work oh, out yeah, together. Oh yeah, I'm well aware. 
and we just work the same way. Like, I hate to admit it, my mom is a, a pretty bad bitch about shit. So, <laughs> but I'll, like, I'll try to doubt her, and she'll be like, fuck you. She's like, I can do it. And then she'll be like, and I'll beat the hell out of you after I do it. <laughs> you guys getting into fights is one of my favorite things. <laughs> Although, I will tell you, there was one time she was here. Someday she does not put up with my shit because I have a mouth, obviously. But No, I no, this one was, she actually thought you were mad at her. Um, so I, we were sitting here and I had just, you know, cause I keep in touch. She's like, Hey, have you talked to Kyla lately? And I'm like, yeah, she said she's getting a part-time job. Oh yeah. And that yeah, she's, yeah. she's doing something with school and she goes, that bitch lied to you. And instantly yep. now, now I'm pissed. And I'm like, what the fuck you mean? What did my daughter do? <laughs> yeah. And she goes, turn I, your phone on. Yeah, we're going to video this. I dropped so, out. Yeah. So she goes, you lying bitch. You dropped out of school and didn't even tell him. And that was my first time hearing it. So I'm like. Well, that was a humbling moment for me because, like, obviously I found embarrassment and dropping out because, like, I would think that people would frown upon it. And you're like, no. Like, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. As long as you do you and you're good at what you do, you'll be successful. Like, you show up yeah. and you'll make it work. Well, I remember I was giving you a ton of shit. And then Leisha actually, like, walked over and grabbed her phone. And she goes, Kylie is going off Right it wasn't now. so much as going off it was like i need a minute to tell them how i feel and like to tell yeah. them the truth and i was like you just took my minute yeah um i was like you took the, you took my breath away but, like it was, uh, yeah. what was funny is she goes what are you gonna do i'm like what the fuck do you mean what do i care and she's like <laughs> she's like well kylie looks up to you and i'm like you realize I'm a college dropout myself. <laughs> yeah. And Alicia's like, you are? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you name fucking it up, I've done it. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what I text you back is I'm like, look, I'm the fucking blueprint. If you want to fucking, yeah. if, if you want to act like your life's over, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Get to work. And uh, while I am happier going back to school, like, that was one of those moments, like, I actually saw Alicia like, oh, shit, Kylie's like the shit mad at me. It was... Of course, there were, now that we know this, there were a lot of behind-the-scenes things that, yeah. that probably led to more of your feeling. Oh, yeah. Well, I just, there's nothing, like, you know me, like, I'm not really embarrassed about anything ever. Like, I'm pretty straightforward, like, down-to-earth, and it was, I was just so, I, I'm in, like, a dark hole right now that wasn't... That was like the bottom <laughs> for me. That was rock bottom. Like I was lying to my family. Mm-hmm. Like and it was not good. And out of all the people, like my mom was like, "Shut up and just you take accountability for you." She was like, "This is your one chance that I'm gonna give you, and everyone in this family is gonna give you to uh, own your shit." And I was like, "All right, I'll own it." And I well, and then she pulls out and even meaner weapon and gets me involved when I didn't know anything about yeah. what was going on. And, I, and you're like one of those people that I, I am close to and I never want to like fuck anything up because I've always looked up to you. And then she, I get that message and I'm like, I know exactly what this is about. I was like, oh, I fucked <laughs> I was like, here we go. I was like, this is the beginning. I was like, I was like, this is it. I was like, I'm done making excuses for everything. And But remember what I said earlier. And you used almost the exact same analogy that I did. When you're in the darkness, you don't see a way out. In in the grand scheme of things, your mom was giving you a way out. You didn't realize it. She was just saying, hey, you have this whole group of people that even though you went to college and all these things happen, they're still fucking here for you. Mm -hmm. 
and I found it very interesting that when you did send me the message from your new phone, instantly Alicia had already sent me a message. She's like, you're going to have to bill Kylie for the rest of the year. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, she's back. And I'm like, okay. And then, yeah. and then like that Saturday you walked in and I'm like, and then the next day you walk in, I'm like, oh, she's back. Yeah. Like that's. I can't believe I even went though. I did not want to go. Like she made me go. Like, this is like probably one of the first times I've never wanted. I've, I did not want to go to the gym. Like I mm. love going to the gym. I love working out. I did not want to go. I just wanted to be in my bed. Like I wasn't eating. Like mm. you probably saw me. I looked like shit. Like mm-hmm. I lost 15 pounds that week. Like I wasn't eating. I couldn't keep anything down. Um, it was a hard time, and I pushed through that workout. It's probably not too good for my body to do something like that, mm. but mentally, I needed to be here. Like, I needed to be like, I, how did I describe it to her? I said, you know, I'm probably depressed, but I am too mentally stubborn to let myself know that, mm-hmm. to, like, let myself be shut in my room. I was like, I know what I got to do, and I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. So. Mm. Well, ultimately, I've had this conversation with many people. Um depression's real the hardest step to take is the first one mm-hmm. um, the hardest thing to admit is that you're not special you're not the only one who's dealt with this shit you know that's the thing I always have to remind myself when I'm at, when I'm down in the dumps I'm like you ain't special motherfucker no. I, know, I know you think you're awesome and people got, you got it worse this, yeah. Yeah. there are people out there that have it a lot worse and you gotta sit there and you gotta be like I just gotta get up and start moving Yeah, it's hard Oh, it was hard. It was so hard. But my mom was like, you know what? This is the first step to everything possible that you can do. She was like, you just got to get up. You just got to do it. Like, if I, like, my mom and I used to never get along. Like, we are, like, I hate to say, like, best friends because, like, Sounds so cliche. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's but, not your best like, friend, we, bitch. It's your mom. <laughs> yeah. We never got along in high school because, obviously, I was just a bitch. Mm-hmm. But, um... I don't know, like, I would be, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for her. Like, I'd be in my room, like, I probably would still be with uh, Shiloh's dad if it wasn't for her. She, like, pulled me out of the water. She, like, she's done so much for me, and I could never thank her enough for that. Surprisingly, like, looking back at our relationship. Mm -hmm. So, it's been crazy. That's all you can do. That's... I would love to start another subject but god damn we've been this is gonna end up being two parts we're at an hour and 40 oh minutes oh my god uh, I, probably like I, where's my I, I think uh i think this became more of a uh, live therapy session for both live of us. therapy and ca- a lot of catching up and just touching base on yeah we're going to have to past. rename this one's not gonna be road to optimal self this is gonna be therapy with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like if you're still listening to this congratulations i don't know how you made it this far but but uh, any last words, things that um, things that have made you a better person? It can be a, it can a, be a book person. you read. I'm staring at uh, a book your mom's about to borrow, 75 Hard. Like, I used to give book recommendations. We've done too many of these. I can't give a book recommendation every fucking time. Um, journaling, uh, meditating. Like, what... When you were in the darkness, obviously you got to start. But what's been the most impactful thing... I would say 
That's a hard question. That's such a heavy question to Because, like, on. there was so much darkness, like, it filled up my entire day. I think that it's going to sound like a oh, typical mom, you know. It's in the middle of the night, like, when my kid would wake up and I would be there for her. Mm-hmm. It is, I'm, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm doing this for her. Like, I want to do what's best for her. I will always be here for her. And it's just, like how do I make her life better? And it's by making my life better and I gotta make better decisions. Like I gotta pull myself out of this shit so I don't drag her down into it. I was like, I don't want her to ever feel like this. So I just, it sounds so like, oh yeah, typical mother-daughter thing, like that's your baby, but. It's not though. That's, I don't know, like I've never felt like that, so. Uh, To sum it up, you found a purpose. I found, she's definitely my purpose, yeah. Simon Sinek has a famous book out that says, start with your why. If you don't start with why you're doing something, you're never going to finish it. It's why we talk about smart goals. It's why we start talk about all these things that, that lead to success. And she'll always be my why. 100%. Like when I think about like going to the gym, I'm like, I'm taking this time for me so I can be better for her. Mm-hmm. Like it's just always like the end is always about her. Mm-hmm. And so that's, she's like, my reason for being here like Mm. she's the only thing i got (laughs) what's funny is uh, if we had the video that's the biggest smile i've ever seen (laughs) in your life but uh and i don't smile (laughs) very very rarely but uh anyway guess i'm sleeping over after all something